Okay, so um, I think we're doing Dave, good now. Dave will give Dave the rundown. Dave sure. always gives <laughs> of how okay. it works. Thank you, Veronica. I'll we're give, very cool. informal. I'll give Dave the rundown. Yeah, it's all blase fireside chat sort of deal. Um, pretty much how it all Perfect. works out is um, five, four, three, two, and one. One. Hello world is a song that we're singing. Ladies and gentlemen, mesdames, messieurs, bienvenue, welcome to the happy hour. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is David OJ and I'm at MetalDave02 on Twitter.com, joined as always by Veronica. Yeah, I'm at C-H-I-L-E underscore Pepper on Twitter. And that's it, aside from our guest. Unfortunately, Beth uh, is unable to join us tonight, and uh, we are the Happy Hour at Happy Hour on Twitter, Happy Hour Pod on Instagram, and YouTube slash Happy Hour. Thank you for 200 subscribers on YouTube. Yes! You know, click that like button and click that subscribe button, influencers and such. So we actually- <laughs> we're not on Facebook. We're not on Facebook. No, absolutely not. Jesus. Just, it's the worst. We have a guest with us tonight. <laughs> and I have an intro that I did not write for him. Our guest is a Montreal-based journalist and radio host who can be heard on CJAD 800. He got his start in radio on Team 990, then TSN 690. Uh, he has appeared on CTV News Channel, Canada AM, and Sky TV. Talk sport and talk radio in the UK. And has written for the National Post, Montreal Gazette, Toronto Sun, and more. Wow. While, mo while more known for his love of the Expos, our guest has enjoyed a lifelong love affair with the Habs and has many fond memories of going to the Forum, including the 93 Cup-winning game, the 93 All-Star game, uh, Patrick Waugh's last game, wow, and the wow. last game at the Forum. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome Dave Kaufman. Dave, how are we doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. Great. <laughs> so awesome. lucky. So lucky. That is a lot of history and an impressive resume. Really great stuff. It makes it sound it's it's funny because when I hear when I hear it out loud now, it makes it sound like everything stopped after March of 1996. <laughs> but um, <laughs> there a, are some fun and fine memories from the Bell Center as well. I, I can recall a double overtime playoff game and looking at my friend going. Why the hell is Bill Lindsay taking this face off? Uh, and then the game was over. But uh, no, there, there's a lot. There's a lot in there from the Bellsner years. Actually, it just doesn't seem to compare. And I don't. Were either of you lucky enough to go to the forum? Veronica, I was not. You were. Okay, Veronica was. Okay, it, it was a special place, and and I feel very fortunate that I can still close my eyes and, and do a virtual tour. There's uh, th there's something really special about that building, and it's unfortunate that the success of the team is so tied to that. And I, I was, of course, last week was the 25th anniversary of the last game at the Forum, and there were all kind of retrospectives, and a lot of journalists wrote pieces or, or did TV uh pieces on it. And one of the things that was mentioned, which which made me chuckle, was that there was a parade that was uh, to bring the banners from from Atwater to Drummond Street. Wow. And uh, to allegedly allow the ghosts to move to the <gasps> new building. And it, it seems wow. as if the ghosts huh. made a lefted guy or yeah. something and, and never made it to 
the what was then the Molson Center and now the Bell Center. I wonder where they are now. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave and I, just before the pandemic, Beth and Dave and I made a pilgrimage out to Montreal and we were at actually the last Habs game on a Saturday night in Montreal before the pandemic. And I remember seeing photos of you in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, we went to the old forum and we just, the three of us together, we were just like standing and staring in silence at the little, you know, the little museum that they have on the upper level there and just soaked every moment of it in. And it's so like, it's so obviously it's so different now. It's so hard to imagine like it's just so anyway, I always remember from when I was little. Are you escalators. <laughs> Pardon? Of course. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I remember the escalators too. I, I, um, it's funny. I remember the rush of people. I was, I was 12 years old when we won the cup and, wow. uh, my dad came home that the day before and said, uh, we have tickets to the game. His best friend gave him Ooh. tickets for what was game five of the 1993 cup finals. And, just an incredible, an incredible experience. But I have these vivid memories of the game being over and and us being stuck on the escalator trying to leave yeah. with pandemonium <laughs> outside on St. Catherine Street and it wasn't moving. And this was the the same year as I guess it was the was it the 75th anniversary of the NHL? Does that ring a bell? I don't remember. I know it was the 100th anniversary of the Stanley Cup, but I think it was the 75th anniversary of the NHL. I can picture logos and, and this giant banner that hung on St. Catherine Street along with the escalators. And these two dudes in front of us on the escalator stood up on the side rail and just yanked it down, rolled it up, and they were off. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. I just did a quick Google on and, that. It seems like the 75th season yeah. was the 91-92 season. So it might have been a year off, but it would make sense if there's a banner. So it must have been the 100th. Now. The 100 of yeah, the Stanley or, Cup. Or, yeah. I mean, definitely the 100th year of the Cup. Yeah, yeah. 100th year of the Stanley Cup then for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I can picture the, um, the, the logo that was on the crest of the jerseys that year, which I, I think was the same. Right, right. Incredible. So there you go. Five minutes in, I've already screwed something up. No. I think I have a fact check. <laughs> oh, Dave. my God. That's oh, what no. we do here. You have That's no like, yeah. no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> I will I will, I will uh, cite tweets and just have, like, no recollection of who tweeted it ever. <laughs> and I'm always, I always say with a standard, like, sir or madam, if you tweeted this, let me know. And I'll give you credit. But uh, it happens so often. So cool. don't, don't worry about the fact checks here. We're... I mean, I just did it, but well, I'll, I'll try it up and, here. I'll try and be as accurate as possible. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll, I'll do my best to be as accurate as possible. Yeah, all good. So today happens to be, um, you know, a kind of special day in Habs history because it's actually the 25th birthday birthday of uh, the Molson Center or the Bell Center opening up. That's today, 25 years ago. And also, I think it was the anniversary on March 6th then, the last game at the Forum. Or at least when when the forum closed down. So March has some really March eleventh was the uh, the last game at the forum. Okay, March eleventh, nineteen ninety six. There and is. then and then there was. So today was, I guess, the anniversary of of the toughest ticket in Montreal Canadiens history. Ooh. Because yeah. if you weren't if you weren't a sponsor or a season ticket holder, you were not getting into the Molson Center that night. Oh, I wow. remember trying to pull every string I could. 
but every ticket was gone. It was just an impossibility. And uh, that was my, my recollections were, were that it, it meant to like, it was a big deal that I got tickets to the second game at, yeah. the, at the Molson <laughs> center, but there was no getting in there for the first. And tell us, so you were in the building for that. I was watching it on TV, the ovation for the rocket mm. and just tears streaming down my face and seeing all of the emotion of everybody that just got louder and louder and louder. And how long was it? It was like several minutes long. Like, what was that feeling like to be there? Yeah. I think it was eight or nine minutes long. And, and the fact that I still remember it so vividly, I think speaks to, to it's the magnitude of what, what I had witnessed before the game started, they brought out uh, Lafleur, Beliveau and Richard to drop the puck. And, and just from that moment on, you knew that, that <laughs> it was a, just a different level. It was, a, it was going to be something so special that night. And I, um, I'll encourage your your viewers and listeners to check out my Twitter feed at the Kaufman Show. I tweeted out a bunch of photos that I took at the game. I somehow, at 15 years old, had the presence of mind to bring a camera. Oh, game. Yeah. Wish I'd thought of that at 12 for the for the cup win. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I got some some amazing photos on that that show you. I started taking pictures. Before the, the game even started, and you can see an, an empty forum, which is an, an incredible shot. Um, it was it was just so special to be there. And it was um, everybody in there knew that that they were very lucky. I think that was that was the, the takeaway from that is is that it was just such a fortunate thing to be able to do that. My ticket was twelve dollars, guys. It was a standing room, standing room ticket. And I took the afternoon off school with a couple of friends and we went down to the forum and we sat and we waited so that we could get a good spot. Oh. And we ended up center right in the reds. Um, you had to, you went in and you had to book it up a flight of stairs and run. And I'm telling you, when I close my eyes, I can still picture the run and where <laughs> I had to go and passing all of the old photos of the, of the different teams and the everything about that building was just so special. And uh, I spent my childhood outside waiting for autographs, sneaking into practices. Uh, I got to skate there one day, which was an incredible moment that that I'll never forget. Uh, I liken that to you know if someone told me they got to play a pickup ball game at Fenway Park or something. I think it's on the yeah. same, mm -hmm. in the same lines of that, you know, got to throw around a football at Lambeau. And uh, I'm very aware that those who've come after me, the, the, the people who love the Habs and didn't get to have that, they're missing out. And in the same way that, that the generations before me always used to tell me that, that the golden age was go, when whether you grew up and saw the Habs in the 50s or the dynasty in the 70s, that that was never coming back. And even though I didn't have that, and you could argue about the, the flukiness of the cups that we've won in my lifetime, I feel so fortunate to have that. And it's such a, a huge part of, of my growing up and, and being a proud Montrealer. Amazing. Awesome. That is amazing. Wow. Uh, I'm trying to think with... Um... So with the Bell Center there, 
Have you ever had time to skate at the Bell Center, for instance? I know um, they open it up like it's kind of, it's not like a hot, too much of a hot ticket to get into the Bell Center to skate there. But, um, you know, what about the, the Bell Center now? Could you draw a comparison, actually, between the Forum and the Bell Center? I know it's a hard one, but what, what would you think? If I was, there have been a couple of moments through the years where the Bell Center has felt that the, the almost as if the ghost did make it for a few brief fleeting moments. Um, one that I was there for would be, a, I think it was, I think it was Mario Lemieux's last game. Ooh, and and wow. not his last game ever, but his last oh, game okay. in Montreal yeah, yeah. playing for the Penguins. And uh, I, I have memories of him. And, and again, we need, we need our fact checker here, but <laughs> I'd have memory. I have memories of him scoring a, either a goal or two goals in the third period and the place just erupting. Wow. Uh, another, I think probably the, the, the biggest moment in Bell Center or Molson Center history to do with the Canadians has to be when Saku came back, right? Oh, I mean, yes. I don't know if there's another moment that that equals that. I think that's – correct me if I'm wrong, and you guys are probably the the experts on this, but that's the most important moment of the last 25 years for the Montreal Canadiens, right? I would agree. And a I lot can't of come up with anything else off the top of my head. Were you there for that too, for Saku? No, I was. I was in. Uh, I was in London, Ontario. I was at university, oh. and um, mm. wishing, wishing that I was in Montreal. It was uh, at the time I was living with uh, seven people, all of them from Toronto, Ooh. and uh, yeah. I remember we used to hang out. And this was when the Leafs were 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 good. They were per, like perennially com- competitive, the Sundin Leafs, mm-hmm. and. Um, I just I remember feeling such pride that day, and and uh, the whole room was. We'd all sit around and watch these games, and usually I'd get razzed for being a Habs fan. But in that moment, I think everybody realized how big a moment that was. And and um, Saku Koivu is the last hockey player to have that kind of a hold on me, like the mm. players did when I was a kid, like Patrick Waugh did when I was young. Or, you know, going back, Russ Cortnell, when I first fell in love with hockey. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't really, I, I haven't felt that feeling. I don't know if it's age or being jaded or moving away from, from sports journalism. But when Koivu came back in that moment, it, it just felt so important. And um, in, many, in many ways, what, what Saku Koivu went through was was the last time that I really, literally and figuratively lived and died with the Montreal Canadiens, where where it just felt larger than life. And sometimes, Veronica, I see your tweet, and I think, I, I wish I still had that passion that that you have day in day out. I'm in many ways, I'm very envious of it, um, uh, but I don't know how to capture it. I don't know how to take it back. There's yeah, and I think that uh, do you know Laura Saba? She's she yeah, um, we've met. Yeah, yeah. So she's I love her. She's got a podcast, um, Last on Canadine. Is she with Scott Matla? But that was her oh. first game at the Bell Center. Saku's return. The Koivu game? Yeah. God. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Wow. That's and a, that's, that's when an the hook got in man. <laughs> All <laughs> downhill from there, right? Wow, <laughs> like, geez. No, I just I was I, um you you talk about the passion for the team. And 
I just don't know any other way to be about them. Like PK Subban is like, I was his number one fan two days after he was gone. I was over him. I was all about Shea Weber, you know, and it's for me, it's the one team. of you, Veronica. I beg your pardon. I said one of few people that one just of- said, you know, I dropped him like a you know, bag of yeah. garbage. <laughs> and people, people get furious about that and still talk about that day. But um, to this so, day, and, so I hated he's, that day. That day was awful. It was awful. Day was Two days awful. later, I was fine. Yeah. But yeah. Well, was... then you you subscribe to the to the Jerry Seinfeld rule about about sports, and you, you don't get associated with the individual. Uh, Seinfeld. I'm paraphrasing it, but it's something like when you cheer for a team, you're cheering for laundry. <laughs> and I think there's, I mean, good for you that you can do that. Uh, that's that's yeah. a, a nice trait. Yeah. I um. I don't have that. I, I, you know, I, I will not make this a baseball conversation, but I'll just tell you that when, <laughs> when Delino de Shields was traded for Pedro Martinez, I sobbed. I was, it was the end of the yeah. world for me. And mm-hmm. every time Lino came back to, to the big O, I was so excited to see him and, and felt like he was born to play baseball in Montreal. And in many ways, I, I felt that something similar about PK. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was, it just, it reminded me that that this is a business, and the Montreal Canadiens are are not here for loyalty. They're here for the laundry, and luckily we have the most beautiful laundry in sports. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I won't. I won't argue that. Depending on what color they're wearing on a certain night, at least in particular this season, my yeah, lord. Yeah, not not the blues. Not the blues. <laughs> it's they're such so a, beautiful. It's too. so. <laughs> crazy that they haven't been like the the games that they even play in them aren't that aren't that good either they have an off night and maybe it's in their heads but my word those those retro jerseys and people have been barking about a third jersey for years this is what we get (laughs) (laughs) i i just find it strange there was i can't remember who they were playing last when they wore the blues but Mm. I, i kept getting them confused with whoever they were playing was it Winnipeg? Do, do you know what? Does that Last ring a bell? I think or, it was Winnipeg. It might have been. It might have been. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was a Saturday night, and and they were wearing the blues, and it just didn't make sense to me. And I, I kept. Would it be fair to say that it it would? It's kind of like if you turned on the TV on a Saturday night, the Toronto Maple Leafs were wearing red. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. It is a bit. It is a bit uh, jarring. I guess their their whole uh, shtick with that particular color blue was that that was the blue color that the uh that the 70 dynasty wore the 70s dynasty apparently that particular blue was it so that shade yeah 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 mm-hmm. okay and at least that's yeah, the that's, reason they give doesn't, so. doesn't do it for me that means it's retro if you're going to do the third jersey and you want to wear an old school jersey do the one with the with the um laces on the jersey and the and the dip over here there we go mm-hmm. i like that i mm-hmm. like that That'll give it that '70s feel. Tell them they can't wear the chest protector, the neck guard, have the the tufts of hair flying out. <laughs> Absolutely, smoking think, on the bench. I think the. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. There was a recent Habs jersey that did have laces. I wonder if it was like the 2015 jerseys. Not that I'm a jersey aficionado by any stretch of the imagination, but I definitely have a Habs jersey. I think it's a Patches Patcheretti jersey that has laces. And that was like the the seasons jersey, you know what I mean? So interesting. It wasn't one of the hundredth anniversary jerseys. No, mm-mm, I don't think so. Nope. 
Yeah. Okay. And I did get a that was another person. actually now now that I'm jogging my brain <laughs> that the hundredth anniversary game was another really special moment ah. at, the, at the Bell Center. Yep. When uh, when Gordy Howe was there and 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 spoke to the crowd, and they took that big that picture with all the alumni who did this the warm up around the ice. Really cool moment. Mm-hmm. I um I have one of I have like one of the the not diorama just just one of those huge pictures of that particular shot. I'm trying to think, like, uh, George Larocque was on the, the current roster at the time. I think Josh George's as well. You know, some of those folks. Patches was a young guy. Gianto was there. And then, yeah, of course, the alumni from the from years past. Wow. What a great time. Dave, I have a question for you. Sure. On the okay. night um, that Jean Beliveau passed... Was that you I was listening to on CJAD? Yeah. Yeah. I oh, was wow. um I was on my sister's couch. It was probably about midnight. Yeah. And uh and and the news came down that that Bellevue had passed. There was a snowstorm in Montreal. And um I got in my car and drove to CJAD behind a snowplow. Wow. And uh and just commandeered the mic and did uh, at least an hour, probably two hours of radio that night. I remember DMing Strombo and mm-hmm. asking him to come on the show and, and not thinking about the politics behind that uh, of him working for our competitor oh, yeah. at the time. <laughs> and, and because unfortunately, because of that, the audio was never uh, posted the next day. Oh, but um, yeah, uh, at least for that part. But uh, that's you know that that's okay. Radio is about being in the moment, and it, it felt like an important moment that there should be live radio. I'm pretty sure we we might have to ask him, but I'm pretty sure either Matthew Ross or Mo Khan did the same thing down the hall and just got in and went on t- on air on TSN. And uh, between the two of us, we had wall-to-wall coverage that night. Yeah. I was I was listening to you that night. I, actually, when I tuned in, you were talking to Andrew Berkshire. And um, Okay, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and just all of the callers that night, it just everybody has a story, such a touching story about mm-hmm. what a gentleman and what a just wonderful wonderful person he was i've never heard a bad word spoken about him no no it's uh like a like a from a different era yeah uh, i um to to a fault everybody loved jean Bellavo. it was uh uh important to pay tribute to the man and and then to be able to go to the bell center and uh give my condolences to his family for what was uh that that another one uh, see they're coming back it's not just the old forum that <laughs> the the couple of days at the l center where uh, everything was was uh, cast in this black and the awards were there and the family stood uh, it, was, it was the largest wake i've ever seen or the largest receiving line i'd ever seen and and just an incredible incredible moment um and there was something everybody. similar Everybody. There was something similar when Rocket Richard passed away. I, I remember there being, it was in May of, I think, 2000. 2000. And there was, um, yeah, there was uh, somewhere like to sign a book and, and go out. Uh, it was outside of the Bell Center. And I had been out of town and 
flew in and, and um, landed at, at Dorval, now Trudeau, and went straight to the Bell Center to sign the guest book after, after Maurice Richard died. Um, my, I had a, a next door neighbor who I think we'll probably talk about who played with Richard and, um, I, I wanted to sign the book on behalf of, of my old neighbor, Mr. Getliff, who, um, is actually credited with giving Maurice Richard his nickname rocket. Uh, so th- this was one of my earlier intro- earliest introductions to hockey was through this neighbor of mine who lived behind our house. So at night, my dad used to joke that he would wash the dishes looking out the kitchen window and staring at him would be Mr. Getliff washing his dishes and looking at the kitchen window and they'd wave. <laughs> and um, when, I, I believe when, when he passed away, which was in the mid 2000s, was the oldest living Montreal Canadian. Wow. Uh, he played for five years. With, he played with the Bruins from 35 to 40 and then played with the Habs from 40 to 45 and um, used to come out and play hockey with us kids and um, gave me a bunch of hockey memorabilia. I, I, Veronica, I sent you a photo last night of a program that he gave me from Chicago Stadium, which had an article on him as the brand new bear cub. He was a rookie in 1935 with the Bruins and they wrote a piece on him as someone to watch when watching the game at Chicago Stadium that night. And then he wears the number 16. <laughs> was that the last line in that? Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, exactly. Um, he, um, in fact, I own, a, I own a Boston Bruins sweatshirt that he gave me that I have never worn and that I will never throw out no. because it's, it's, you know, and, and yet here I am on a Habs podcast saying that I own a piece of Bruins clothing. No, but it's from Mr. Totally Gatlin. So that it'll, memorabilia. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he was just a, a lovely man, and and learning along the way that that not only did he is he a a footnote in Montreal Canadiens history, but that he nicknamed Maurice Richard the rocket. And the story is that, that he watched Richard bowl someone over in practice and skate right through him and said, wow, when he went through whoever it was, his eyes lit up like a rocket Hmm. and Hmm. Dick Carroll from the Montreal Gazette, who was the sports writer at the time for the Gazette overheard him and started to use that as rocket Richard from there on out. So, um, Really cool. And of course, you know, in his own right, he was a great hockey player. He was a third, third liner. Uh, he scored five goals in one game. <gasps> Turns out that that was a game where he was taken off the third line and he was put on a line with Elmer Locke. And after Mr. Getliff died, his son told the, uh, the Canadian press that uh, he said that he could have scored. Uh, I think he said something like he could have scored 70 goals a year using only a broom if he had gotten to play every day with Elmer Locke. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh those stories I I've had shivers five times already since we started talking. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, I have oh I have a story for you. Remember how I told you? So I have yes. a, I have a friend who um, was a work colleague of mine, and we're still we're still friends. We're still in touch. But he is a Montrealer, born and bred. Um, he's working in Toronto now, but he's so, he's so hilarious. His name is Mark DuPont. Um, and I had like, 
he's he's just such a goofball and so so normal i had no idea that he c- came from a family and so i was telling him like the rest that of us? i was listening part of me said like the rest of us no he comes from a family okay i did not know um so <laughs> um he's i i told i i was telling him actually we were talking about because it was right after um, Monsieur Bellivaux had passed. And so we were talking about it the next day because he's, he's not a huge Montreal Canadiens fan, but he, he loves to talk about things. So he came to talk about this with me. And I told him that I was listening to you on CJAD. And he said, oh yeah, that station is named after my grandfather, Charles James Arthur, Arthur DuPont. DuPont. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Who are you? what? <laughs> it was just so nuts. Like, oh yeah, yeah. That's really cool. And he like that that kind of stuff. Well, had you never can come uh, up in conversation. You can tell your friend uh, that I I not too long ago I I like to go walking in the Mount uh, the uh, Notre Dame de Neige Cemetery. Mm. It's just this incredible, beautiful historical place. It's in it's in Cote de Neige, and um, in fact, Rocket Richard's grave is there, and it's this beautiful, beautiful gravesite but uh you can tell your friend that i i passed uh arthur cj arthur dupont's <laughs> grave not too long ago and i was like hey that's so cool so yeah that's uh wow talk about uh montreal yeah. history that's yeah. uh that's really neat and the station just celebrated their 75th anniversary in december um such a legacy i mean yeah. it was uh when i first got the opportunity to be on air all i could think was this was the station that was on 24 hours a day in my grandparents' kitchen. Crazy. So, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty cool. I always think about that because it, that, that's the kind of thing that he would never drop, you know, in, into a conversation unless it was extremely topical. And he just acted like, oh, yeah, hmm, nothing. Def- anyway. Definitely worth uh, checking out Rocket Richard's gravesite when you come back to Montreal. It's, I definitely it's will. It's absolutely be- beautiful. Uh, has a Habs logo. It has uh, sculptures of, of his, a sculpture of his face. Um, there's a, I believe there's a, a, an engraving of the torch. It says never give up underneath it with his autograph. It's really, really special. That's something. Did you meet him ever, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. A few times. Um, a few times uh, I was, I was such a lucky kid, honest to goodness. It, it, it's, um, I really, really was. I remember once meeting, uh, meeting him, there was a restaurant, uh, called Le Biff Tech. It was a steakhouse and, uh, we were walking through and he walked by and I, I can't remember. I was with both my parents and my sister and I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad, but one of them like grabbed my hand extra tight and they were like, do you know who just walked by? <laughs> and, um, you know, I very, you know, just like a little kid, Richard, autograph? and he pulls a card out of his jacket and signs an autograph for me. And, um, ready to go. It turns out that one of my ready to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my great uncle worked with him at a, an, it was a company called S Albert. They, they did home oil. So if you needed uh, oil to heat your house in the wintertime, this was the company that did it. And that was, I don't know if it was his first job post-hockey, but it was something he did post-hockey. And um, I have somewhere, I could dig it out, but I have a couple of autographs 
where he full named me to David Kaufman. Oh, wow. All the best, best <laughs> wishes, Maurice Rocket Richard. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's always meant a lot. I have a, a, a pile. I was an autograph hound when I was a kid and, and yeah. kept most of them and have a lot of them in pretty good shape too. But uh, that's, that's one that probably should go up on a wall. Now that yes. I think about it, I look around, I, I could probably make room for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's Put awesome. It in the of wow. the frame. Yeah. Huge uh, frame. Yeah. That was uh, <laughs> just that. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I got to meet most of those guys when I was a kid. The, the 93 all-star game was in fact, where I met just about every hockey player who existed. It was uh, <laughs> to be, oh, to be 12 years old and at the all-star game. Yeah. Uh, what a dream that was. I mean, I, I, within a span of a few hours meeting Gordy Howe and Timu Solani and Yaramir Yager. And, uh, actually maybe Solani was, was the next year. I remember meeting Solani before, a a Jets game in Montreal, but, uh, uh, <laughs> Beret and, uh, surreal to watch Pavel, uh, to watch, uh, Pavel Beret, but also as a Hab, to see Valerie Burry walking yeah. into the mold, to the uh, forum with Candace Cameron at the yeah. time. That was, uh, I was trying to remember her name. You know, mm -hmm. DJ oh. Tanner. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I, I remember standing, I, I was, there was an entrance where the players would come in. It was uh, like a media entrance as well. And I was on the inside at that point and I was, I was getting Gil Stein's autograph who was the commissioner of the NHL at the time. Wow. And um, and I could see Wayne Gretzky walking in out of the corner oh my of my God. eye. And it was yeah. just like, Mr. Mr. Commissioner, sir, uh, uh, can we please make this quick? Because it's Wayne Gretzky over there. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. yeah, hurry up. I, I, you know what? And it's funny. Exactly. I, I remember meeting Dick Irvin that weekend wow and, man um that's incredible and him and him saying to me do you realize how lucky you are to be to be here <laughs> that you were able to get a ticket that your parents let you go that they were able to afford to to allow you to be mm. here right now and he he kind of knocked some sense into me and allowed me to to not to realize that this wasn't something that happens every day and, and to try and bottle those memories in, in a way that I might not have had he not sort of read me the riot act. <laughs> um, it was just his birthday, wasn't it? Uh, it was, and he just got uh, he just got the vaccine as well. I think oh, Dave great. Stubbs was That's tweeting good that news. he's in his nineties. Yes. He, he just got the vaccine, and it was uh, and it was done at the Bill Dernan Arena which is um, uh, the goalie who, who um, had a very short but illustrious career. I think he only played seven seasons for the Habs, mm -mm. but won the Vezina <laughs> six times. Uh, he was an, ambidextri an ambidextrous goaltender. Oh and um, I, I believe it was Stubbs who was pointing out that, that it was very cool that, that Dick Irvin Jr. was getting the shot at an arena named after someone who had played for Dick Irvin Sr., yeah <laughs> that is pretty wow good. it's just so so much rich history there have um have you uh ever uh met up with dave at any point mr uh, dave Stubbs, that is i you know what i don't think we've ever met i i have interviewed him 
a number of times, but I don't think I've, I've ever met Dave face to face. No. So Veronica's the only. But I one. do love that the, I love that the NHL was like, let's create a job for this guy. Oh yeah, because yeah. he's just such a, a treasure trove mm. of knowledge of the, of the history of the game, and and I think that's really important. And I think he, I don't know this for sure, but I, I get the feeling he can flex those muscles more than he could have for the Gazette. So, boy, it's to the benefit of everyone that he that he gets to do that. And and maybe the next step is to be the official historian of the NHL. I don't know if that's a position that they have. I know in, in Major League Baseball, John Thorne has that position. And uh, if you ever watch any of the Ken Burns baseball stuff, they always talk to John. He's an incredible uh, an incredible follow on Twitter as well for for history and for the history of baseball. But I, I'd liken I liken Dave to the Montreal or Canadian equivalent of that. Right. Absolutely. Right. For sure. Yeah, Veronica, I think, is the only person, at least among us here on the podcast, presently, that's actually had a lunch with Mr. Stubbs. How fancy. Nice. How it was posh. a coffee, actually. A but it coffee. ended up lasting like an hour and a half. Um, he, <laughs> that's he, nice. Great coffee. Isn't that nice? He was in Vancouver at a time <laughs> when he was still covering the team. Oh, God. It would have been around 2011, maybe. And, um, and we followed each other on Twitter and he said, he sent me a note and he said, I have time for a cup of coffee today. If you can come join me. I'm like, yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And then he told me stories about, um, going to the Bellavo's house and having meals with them and having tea and just like, and you can tell that it, the mystique hasn't left for Dave stops. Like he, he's, he's, he's. He, he um, can't find my words right now, but he's, he, he becomes like very um, emotional when he's telling these stories. He, mm-hmm. you know, he knew these people and so these players and was, has been around the team and he has, he has a huge respect for them. As a fan, moments like that are, are great because you just, you kind of just shut up and listen and soak it all in and, and. You know, you, you can't always be in the room, but how cool is it to get to talk to someone who was? Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. that's, I, I've had a lot of opportunities to to talk to people who have been in those rooms and, and seen seen those things. And I've, my, my brain is always just like, shut up, Kaufman, just shut up, just take this all in because <laughs> who knows when you're going to get an opportunity like this again. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, whenever we do have uh, Mr. Stubbs on, it's a pretty easy podcast he usually, <laughs> we ask him one question and that's the hour. We got it. <laughs> but he's so, he is so good and he's so, he's so Great free teller. with his time too. And uh, he's just, he's an incredible, incredible uh, person, be it, you know, talking hockey or just, you know, shooting whatever it is about the team. He's just, he, he's a fantastic guy. So I uh, at least wanted to mention that about him. He's great. Last time we had him on was right after Henri Richard had passed. And that was. So that was around this time last year, right? It was just before the lockdown last year. Yes. Because the that's funeral right. was canceled. Yeah. Yep. The funeral was, was uh, they said that it would be a, a private ceremony because of, because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I guess that would be. really uh, mm-hmm. thrown a wrench into everything. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was about to say. Uh, for listeners, yeah, I think this is like the, the first year of our pandemic 
uh, season, I guess. Because remember, uh, at least for the podcast, because when that happened, NHL shuts down. And then, you know, us here are thinking, what are we going to talk about for a while? And it was all <laughs> coronavirus stuff, unfortunately. So, but I mean, it kind of... Trump. Yeah, and that. Just, so it seems like, uh, you know, we're starting to finally actually round the corner when it comes to... We're in year two of the pandemic podcast now. Yeah, essentially. But things are on the uptick, I think. So vaccines are getting out there. Get get shots in people's arms. That's the new... Let's hope so. From your lips to God's ears, man. That's uh, That's that's everything. And it's great. I know you're in New York State, Mm -hmm. Dave. And it's, it's nice to finally see America doing a little bit better. And yeah. I know, I know I speak because Veronica, you, your, your tweets are, um, well, solidarity sister. I, I think <laughs> you, you and I are very similar mm-hmm. in our, um, our passion, our passion, uh, for democracy and, yeah. um, and our, our hatred of fascism. And it's, yes. uh, it has been nice to have that solidarity with someone on the other side of the country. So to know that when you do tweet about things that are news or political, they resonate with me. Um, Maybe more than when you're uh, trash talking Leafs fans. (laughs) (laughs) Marginally, marginally. Actually trying to think what's worse, uh, the the, the blowback uh, from political tweets or the blowback from Leafs tweets. And I'm not sure which is worse, Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I, I do. Looking at my follower follower count is not something that I normally do, but, um, and I actually, it's something that I never do, but I mm-hmm. had, I re I, I recently noticed I had a bunch of new followers who used to follow me. And I, at some point apparently had unfollowed me and it was probably during the whole Trump stuff. Cause I, I got DMS from people saying, um, I'm unfollowing you because of this. I don't, that's not why I follow you. I'm like, okay, then unfollow me because I come by this, honestly, I come from a country that lost its democracy for 17 years. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is like, I I grew up in a house of anti-fascism and activism. And we had a picture of the president on our wall, the fallen president. And so I feel very passionate about it. And I was seeing this about that guy ever since he was running. I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is what he's going to do. And don't even think that he's ever going to behave like a president. Anyway, sorry, tangent. Oh, important and completely true. Ever since he went down that goddamn escalator, man, oh man, I was like, this is a problem. It's a problem. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) But yeah, everything's all good now. No problems whatsoever south of the border. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. It totally everything all the problems went away. We got it covered. All the problems went away. (laughs) Everyone's getting Biden bucks and we're okay. Well, ahead, and, it, and everyone's at least getting uh, getting at the vaccine, and and that will allow us to return to to normal. I mean, mm-hmm. how strange is it to watch hockey now, and and have the pumped in crowd sound, mm-hmm. and these empty arenas? It, it is the strangest, most surreal thing. And they and they didn't even do what all the other sports have done. And pretend to have fans and, and do, I mean, if I, if I tilt my camera over here and you look into the corner, you can see my, my, the cardboard cutout of my nephew and myself. 
from the that, that sat on the left field line in Buffalo this year to watch the Blue Jays. For just a second, <laughs> I thought it was a real child, and I was thinking, "Oh my no. God, what is that poor child doing?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's just like I nope. thought he was like huddled, like nope. if you leak I'm yeah, behind the plant. <laughs> That's right. That's. Oh, not the poor child. <laughs> Veronica, call social services. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, see, it's absolutely crazy. With, um, with the speaking of the jab in the arm, how is that rollout going in Quebec? Because I don't, I, Megan really McCain, well. co-host of the View, don't know when I'm going to get the shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be something like September. Oh my. God, I can't believe oh, I'm she happy said to wait, that. but it seems like it's going, it's rolling out a lot. Be- what did you miss your second shot, Dave? No, 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 no. Just what, what, he, what Megan said on the view of it, like, oh, I'm God. a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and I don't know when I'm going to get the shot. It's like, come on, really? Come on, come on. Hi, Megan McCain, co host of the view. Like, daughter of Senator God. McCain. It's My like, father. we know, we know, we know. <laughs> My next shot's coming on Friday. That's my second okay. shot. And I expect okay. to be out oh, of commission wow. Saturday. Yes. I, nobody. The, uh, the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's amazing. <laughs> no, no, no. That's wonderful. I mean, you should be, you should be screaming from the housetops. That's mm-hmm. incredible. I was going to say. So two weeks from Friday, oh. like uh, it's the roaring twenties again. <laughs> that's right. Albany's going to turn into a den of iniquity. Yeah. <laughs> it's either that or I was speaking to my mom about it. I'm like, mom, I'm going to get a flight to Vegas and just start licking doorknobs. We're going to have a party. Let's go. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Your mom's had hers. Hey, Dave. No, no, no. I don't okay. think she's actually eligible yet. I'm okay. I'm eligible and it's not a it's not a red light, but I have a I have a comorbidity because of my right. white blood cell issue that I have. It's not a problem. I don't have anything jarring wrong, but I got a, I'm a patient at New York's uh, oncology and uh, hematology. They sent me an email and said, Hey, you're on the list. Go get your shot. And I said, Oh, and at first I was like, you know, I felt guilty because I was like, you know, I don't, I'm pretty healthy and I have a, you know, when it comes to pandemic stuff, I can work from home. I have no issues with that. And thank God, you know, one of my friends said, Dave, you know, if you can get the shot, get it. Because herd, herd immunity and everything and this and the other thing, just do it. I said, okay, okay, fine. I guess I will. So got my first shot, um, you know, whatever it was, three weeks ago. And then this Friday, going to be uh, driving on over to Syracuse to the state fairgrounds to get my second jab. So there it is. Congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. It's so such to a, answer your question, Veronica. Yeah. To answer your question, uh, the vaccine rollout is actually going pretty well. Um, Quebec took a gamble before anybody else in North America and said, we'd rather get one jab into everybody than get two jabs into fewer people. And Mm. as it turns out, a broken clock is right twice a day and Quebec (laughs) actually lucked into something here. Um, my dad got his, uh, got his vaccine, his first shot last Tuesday. Uh, the premier announced today in a press conference that any Quebecer who wants a shot will have it by St. Jean-Baptiste day by June 24th. So if that's true, then, uh, I mean, who knows? There might actually be an Oceaga this summer. 
Yeah, yeah that would be a big that's... deal. And Quebec has really, there would, really a lot of things. Pandemic. It's been hard. It's been um, it's been really hard, and uh, this has been a, an extremely difficult year. And um, I don't think we're alone in that. I think that there are a lot of places around the world that have had a really hard time. And, and compared to what we've seen in the States, it's it's been f- pretty good. But I don't think that has to be our benchmark. Yeah. I don't think the bar needs to be so low. Uh, this is – it has uh, put a giant spotlight once again on how we treat old people in our society. Mm-hmm. Will we learn that lesson and do a better job in, in respecting our elders and seniors from here on out? Only time will tell. But um, seeing the, the, the isolation, the loneliness that, that so many seniors who only can now really go out and, and, and live again, um, just, it's just awful. It's, it's just awful. And, and in many ways, it was... I was not one who wanted hockey to come back last year. I thought it was absolutely trivial to have sports being played while we were dealing with what we were dealing with as a society. I was wrong. Uh, the joy that Montrealers had from from that victory, that five-game series with Pittsburgh, actually, I think it raised a lot of spirits and, and was a really nice moment for the city that needed a nice moment. Maybe, um, maybe if we were more used to winning, having a winning a play-in series <laughs> in the playoffs might not have had the same oomph. But yeah. at the time, I, I can remember the, um, I guess it was the last game, and just I was in old Montreal at the time having dinner, and the the whole city it seemed to erupt. Obviously, a much more low-key version. There weren't any cop cars on fire, yeah. but. It was a nice moment, nonetheless. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what uh, Dave Dave Auger says all the time. When he goes back to Montreal, he's going to burn up the cop cars and throw the benches into the river, and it's just going to be a whole party. It's going to be a catastrophe. <laughs> now, next time the Habs win the cup, I'm a. I always say that it's it's going to be a party. Just you wait. I I I look forward to it, but I also fear it because I know it's going to be it's going to be pandemonium, just absolute anarchy. So the one thing I don't, I don't want is I don't want that now. I don't want, you know, after the start that the Habs had Mm -hmm. when everybody was like, oh my God, we've been waiting forever and this is the team and they're going to be better than the Leafs and they're going to, this is the year we win the cup. I kept thinking, no, no, this is not, (laughs) we don't want the year to win the cup be the year that we can't go to bars. Right. Let Toronto win it this year. Come Mm -hmm. on. You know, imagine let Toronto finally win their cup (laughs) on a year where they can't they can't enjoy it. (laughs) I can get behind. I won't allow it. Um, No, the next Canadian team to win has to be Montreal. Period. The end. Period. The end. Period. Underscore. uh, Yeah. Large text. (laughs) I, I, I don't I couldn't take it if Toronto won the cup. I would not be able to take it. In color. Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Because it would be painful. Why not? It would be painful. But see, I don't so I don't buy into the pan-Canadian nationalism. I'm not a nationalist. No. And and 
it bothers me that you're supposed to cheer that there's this sort of unwritten rule that we see that you're supposed to cheer for the Canadian team. I've never understood that. No, like I I'm with you. I like the idea that the Habs are the last team to win the cup from Canada. And I'd of course like them to be the next team to win the cup from Canada, but I don't know, man, I I've got enough friends in Toronto and people that I care about that. <laughs> I know how much joy it would bring them. Yeah. You know, I, I remember being that, I just, I remember being that 12 year old kid and, and having that feeling and how wonderful it was. And, and just assuming like, like, I'll tell you, I, I had my grade six graduation like that even matters one iota, but we had our grade six graduation the week after we won the cup mm. and I couldn't go to the parade. And the whole time I was like, Oh, you know what? I'll get to the next parade. Because yeah. there's going to be another parade. Oh. We've never, never gone more than six years without winning a cup. So I'm oh, still waiting for that parade. And when it happens, I will be as excited as I was when I was 12 years old. But I, I, I wish that feeling on on others. I don't. There isn't that hatred, and, and, and that's I think the difference between um, maybe what you see in Europe with with football teams, with with Chelsea and Arsenal where they'll come to blows. I've, I've never oh, seen yeah. that. I, I remember, I remember heated moments at the forum when I was a kid where I remember getting a bunch of beer poured on me from, by Rangers fans. Oh. And, and this was back, uh, you know, when you'd, when you'd yell stuff like 1940, cause they hadn't <laughs> won since then at that point. And, mm-hmm. and, but afterwards it was all hugs and smiles and handshakes and let me buy you a beer. And, and that's, that's where it's supposed to be. Every once in a blue moon, you'll see a, a fight at the Bell Center. And you just, you kind of know in your bones that it's just alcohol related because it doesn't yeah. normally get to that point. You can, it's not like we have segregated sessions where the Leafs fans are on the east side of the building and the Habs fans are on the west side of the building. We all live and, and exist together. And I just, my hatred for Toronto doesn't run that deep, whether it's the hockey team or the city. And, and frankly, in my lifetime, in our lifetimes, there's much more to hate about the Bruins or the Flyers than there is about the Maple Leafs. Well, I think that you're very generous of spirit. My dark, evil heart can't, can't go there. Can't. And it's not. It's, it's not about Toronto because I was able to cheer for the Raptors. Guys. Yeah. Yeah. I was able to cheer absolutely. for the Raptors. But I can't, I can't, I can't. It's not even a Toronto thing. And I have, I know people who live in Toronto as well, who are fantastic people. I follow, I even follow a Leafs fan or two, but it's, and especially I think with the advent of Twitter, it's made it worse. I, was gonna, I would never yeah. punch anybody. Twitter makes everything my worse, words let's be honest. I mean, it's. Twitter is, uh, is an, it, it, I guess it amplifies all emotions, right? In, in many ways, Twitter allows for, for friendships with people that you wouldn't necessarily have met. That's but how we met. It, it can be, uh, exactly, but it can be a dark place. And, and um, yeah, when I saw you going at it with Leafs fans a couple of weeks ago, I, I thought to myself, like, 
that's a battle I don't want to fight. That's and, and good for you. And and maybe my generosity of spirit, you know, like you said, it it shines in that moment. And I I will pick those battles in other places. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I got annoyed because I wasn't tweeting at them. I wasn't tweeting at them. I was tweeting to the people who are following me. And these, they just like, they found out about me somehow. And now they won't leave me alone. Mm -hmm. But they don't, it's a joke's on them because they're all on mute. There it is. And now their team's uh, slumping, unfortunately. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> right. I know right. that I definitely have the name of the episode now. Thank you, Veronica, for your insight. <laughs> Generous of spirit. Great, great <laughs> name for the episode. But no, I was going to say, if, if, if Twitter didn't exist, Veronica, I'm going to put you on the spot. Would your vapid hatred for the Maple Leafs exist as it does right now? No. Yeah, I would say not. I would say the same thing, honestly, because they, like, man, they were irrelevant to us for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a team, we hadn't played in the playoffs against them for decades. I can't imagine the Habs Leafs playoffs this season. It's very oh, likely to happen, god. and I'm like, oh god. I might, I might delete my app. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I don't even know if we should even record that week, you know? <laughs> it's going to be, it's it's going to be quite a thing. Unless we beat them in the first round and then the narrative continues and that would be so, so sweet. And then we lose in the next round, but whatever. The ratings will be incredible. <laughs> the ratings will it'll be, be the whole, and yeah, in many ways it'll, it will, um, it it will put the whole country on pause. I, I think that everybody will watch, and that would be uh, oh, that be. would be cool. And, and like you said, Veronica, it's it's never happened in my lifetime. The Habs have never yeah. played the Leafs in the playoffs, and yeah, it would be it would be great to see. And and, and I think one of the reasons that I hate the Bruins is is because of all of those years when when Cam Neely used to beat us, and I when I was a kid, and and mm. I actually used to get upset about these things. That was, yeah. That, I just, I don't, I, I can't dig deep like that and feel that way about Toronto, especially when, you know, I spent so much of my childhood making fun of them for not having won a cup since 67 <laughs> and realizing that now it's, it's 1993 <laughs> is, it's, it's sort of like 67 in a lot of ways. It's, it is, it's as far away from now as 67 was when I was making fun of the Leafs for not having won in 25 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, I, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what we have to stand on other than a past that I didn't witness. And, and I think that might, you know, if you had all of those cups, if you had that dynasty in the seventies and then you could say, well, you guys haven't won since. And, and the Leafs, I think, I think they won a few cups in the '60s. I think they did better in the than the Habs in the 1960s. They had quite a team back then. Didn't they beat Montreal then. in '67? I yeah. think they did. Yeah. Pardon? I was, Didn't they? Yeah, they beat the Habs. Their last yeah. cup, they beat the Habs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they did. Um, but it's in black and white. But yeah, I I, <laughs> I think that one was in color. Actually, oh. I think that that you can find. I think it was. <laughs> okay. uh, it was before the moon landing. Um, <laughs> 
it's true. It was during the Cold War. <laughs> Before or after the Cuban Missile Crisis. Just around there was when they got their cup, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, those poor guys. But no, they're they're due. And I was I was happy yeah. for the Rangers in '94. I was happy for the Blackhawks when they finally did it too. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's about the fan bases and it, it's about getting that feeling. And I I'm I'm so lucky that that I got to experience that and I got to see it. I I have these, you know, my memories are a little fuzzy from that game in '93. But when they won and they all jumped on Patrick and started celebrating, it was on the opposite end of the rink. I was sitting in the Reds with my dad. We were about ten rows up in the corner, but we were on the wrong side of the ice for the celebration. And I, I remember at one point Stefan LeBeau realized that there was this whole other half of the forum that he could go celebrate with. And he just skated (laughs) over to our side and the place just went nuts. Uh, I, you know, to, to bring it full circle to, to those forum days, so much of it is equated with, with success. And of course, when you're young, it puts a, it puts a veneer on everything too, and makes it so much more special because, you know, there's the, the passage of time, but in many ways, the forum helped me grow up. I mean, it was it was a building that that meant so much to me. I, I remember it was accessible in a way that that it isn't now. If you want to go to a hockey game now, and and let's oh, you're frozen. Oh yep. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no. This is going to be a very good little segment too. I can only I can just oh, imagine. Shit. <laughs> Oh, I lost you. There, you're oh, back now. You're, oh, you're back. back. Okay. Good. All right. Phew. The, I was like, how long was I talking? Where did I, where did I, the you forum, like, you where did I get cut out? The forum is accessible in a way that isn't now. I so think in a way that, that isn't today, just financially. Yeah. So I remember uh. being able to like go on a date when I was in grade eight or yeah, in grade eight and go to the Faubourg to an afternoon movie and then walk down the street to the forum, pay 10 bucks for standing room. And and that's, that's a world that doesn't exist anymore. No. Mm-hmm. And that just makes it feel so, so special. And I don't know if a 12 year old kid today has that. I, I just, I genuinely don't know. I can't put myself in those shoes. Yeah. But uh, I know that, that at the time it felt special. I was, you know, being in that building was an incredible feeling and it all just seemed larger than life at the time. And I, I don't, maybe for you, maybe for your listeners, it, it still has that appeal. It doesn't for me. I wish it did because mm-hmm. it brought me so much joy. But you're still watching the games. Not, not every game, no. not as frequently, I I know. Um, last night I, I mentioned to my girlfriend that I was going to be doing this. She's like, "Oh, you better watch the game tonight. They, they <laughs> oh, might quiz no. you." So. <laughs> no, no, they won. That's what um, we yeah. care about I, now. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It was a great game. I had. Um, it was. It I was. had. It was. It was a great game. Um, I had season tickets from uh from when the Expos left until 2012 or 2013. And um, the price in that time, the price of the ticket just about tripled. And I, again, I just thought it's, I'm not, it's not worth it for me. It was at $30. It was worth it to sit in the grays at a hundred dollars. 
plus wanting another, you know, couple of grand for a playoff yeah. deposit mm-hmm. for something that I that that they then want to roll over and I'm probably not going to see again. A little tougher of a sell. That is right. a problem. But um yeah, it, it's it's a problem. It, it's that accessibility is um it just makes it harder. It just makes it harder to to turn people on in the same way that that playing hockey isn't as accessible for young kids anymore just because it's so expensive yep, or yep. because the winter, the outdoor rick season is so much shorter. So it changes who can can participate and, and it makes it more of an elitist pursuit, which it definitely wasn't when I was a kid. No, mm-hmm. we had That's to talk right. about this um, a few weeks ago, didn't we, Dave, about how golfing, downhill skiing, hockey, those are all sports that you have to be financially set if you're going to pursue it mm-hmm. as a, you know, as a dream or a career. And it's just like, I couldn't do that for my son. Yeah. I know. Um, right. Yep. When I was a kid, uh, growing up with my grandpa in the woods in upstate New York. Um, yeah, we weren't playing hockey, but I played soccer with my mom, you know, and I, I grew up playing soccer and it wasn't until I had a career where I said, you know what? I want to try skating and playing hockey. And five years ago, (laughs) I gear up, join an adult league and, you know, I play whenever I can now. So it's, it's definitely, it's good for you. It's too bad. And yeah, Yeah. thanks. No, it was a, it was a cool step. I run their website. (laughs) What's the name of the team again? The Rensselaer Rejects. The Rejects. (laughs) Just the best uh every uh, there's a bunch of adult leagues around i've seen i've seen rensselaer on the highway yeah i've yep. seen that's that highway sign it's for there. rensselaer it's there yeah. it's there but yeah all cool. the all the adult leagues cool. you know have uh have pretty much established players <laughs> and uh you'd go to a stick and puck at a rink and essentially the guy that that started the team just saw guys that were standing by themselves are like hey you want to be on a team didn't matter skill nothing just how old you were didn't matter you want to be on a team here you go and now we have like Jesus, 100, 150 people that are in and out, you know, playing games with us and whatnot. So it's really cool. So trying. Could I give you guys a good story about uh, about accessibility? I yes. would being a kid because you are being number one, generous of spirit and generous of time. <laughs> we are at our hour. But this sounds like a good conclusion. Yeah, I please. think maybe. <laughs> so please. Maybe, maybe you can you can be the judge. If it's not, then we'll find something else to end on. Okay. Uh, so again, uh, early 1990s, and and maybe you could help me out with the uh, with the dates here. But I managed to get tickets to the. It was the Junior All Star Game, so it was the QMJHL versus the WHL and OHL All Stars. And on the QJHL team was Alexandra Degla. And yeah. on the OHL All-Star team, OHLW was Eric Lindros. And oh it was Eric God. Lindros's first appearance at the Montreal Forum. And it was, I mean, I'd say it was a big deal, but truthfully, the building was like a third full. But I remember it feeling like a big deal for me. And I, I remember the, the, I mean, I'm sure you guys remember too, the hype around Lindros mm-hmm. when, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. when he was coming up and playing for the Oshawa generals and everybody thought that he was the next Gretzky. And everybody said that Alexander Dagla was going to score a bajillion goals in the NHL. <laughs> and it was, it was a moment. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to be there. I wanted to see it. And the ticket might've been, might've been five bucks, might've been 10 bucks. It was, it was nothing. And I went with a with a neighbor of mine, 
And um, I remember at one point walking through one of the corridors and seeing John Sleeney. Do either of you remember that guy? Remember that name? Sweeney? S Slaney, S L A N E Y. No. He scored the game winning goal for Canada in I th- if if it wasn't the first World Junior tournament that everybody gave a damn about, then it was at least the first World Juniors tournament that I gave a damn about. It was in Saskatoon <laughs> and they beat Russia. Uh, I, I think it was like Kent Manderville and Pat Falloon era World Junior team. And John Slaney had beaten, he beat the commies. He scored a slap <laughs> shot and, and beat the Russians. And it was the USSR at the time. And when I saw him, he had just been drafted, I think, by the Capitals. And I was so excited to see this guy. And he was so thrilled to be recognized. He ended up having a great uh, career in the awesome. AHL. And I think when he retired, he was the all-time leading defensive scorer in AHL history. Wow. But I, I remember just thinking it was so cool in this moment to, to meet this, you know, Canadian hero that that I would walk by a thousand times now. But somewhere I still have that puck and I was really excited. And um, one of the cool things about the forum, which I, I'm guessing you guys were able to gather from when you went on last year on the tour before COVID hit. When you walked into the forum, you were at ice level. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there were times if, if they didn't close the curtains that led from the hallway to the rink, you could actually see players skating by from outside of the building when you stood on Atwater Avenue. Oh, and cool. if you if you knew where to walk, you could walk past the Habs dressing room. You could walk through all these tunnels and see where the refs were and see where the Zamboni was. And I was taught at a very young age that as long as you – acted like you knew where you were going, chances are people weren't going to stop you. And that has <laughs> always served me well. If, if we can leave you with anything, kids, any youngers listening today, just act like you've been there. It'll, it will serve you so well through your days, I promise you. And um, at the time, Patrick Waugh had, had, uh, was injured. He was out. He had broken his leg. I think it was in a game against the Maple Leafs, but he had broken his leg. He was wearing a cast. And um, I walk by, I'm with my, my buddy, Phil, and we walk by this, this door and standing on the inside of the door is Patrick Waugh. And I, you know, I'm, I'm a kid. I lose my mind. There's Patrick Waugh. He's standing there and I, I probably screeched or squealed or something. And he looked at me and he went and he opened the door <laughs> And he brought my buddy Phil and I into the Habs dressing room. Ooh. And I said to him, I'd ask for your autograph if I if I had something for you to sign. Oh and my god. He grabs a puck. Huh. And he signs it for me. And he signs it in a gold pen. And I rub my hand across it oh. and go, oh, no. wow, and smudge the entire thing. <laughs> and he takes oh, it and he he starts to laugh <laughs> takes the puck back from me and signs the other side oh that's so great God. how awesome wow so i have this like and i i mean i you can see it, it literally it looks like he signed it drunk on one side and sober <laughs> on the other it's just, uh... that's awesome but that's that, awesome. that that's my Patrick Waugh moment, and it happened in the Montreal Canadiens dressing room. 
And that was, um, that was a really special one. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think that that level of accessibility exists if you're just some nobody and, and don't, ha- you know, now I'm sure, I'm sure there are plenty of kids who have a meet and greet with Carrie Price at the Bell Center, but it's not because they turned left down a hallway and mm-hmm. started yeah. past the dressing room. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that's, that's, you know, one of many, I can, I, you know, as I think about it, there was a time when I was uh, standing outside for autographs and Kevin Haller, who was, uh, a, I believe he was a defenseman with the team in the, hmm. in the mid nineties, um, invited me and my buddy in to watch practice. Oh man. And, wow. uh, he's, he just said, if anybody bugs you, tell them you're my cousin. So an usher comes up to us and they're like, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, Kevin, Kevin Haller is my cousin. He invited us in to watch the practice. And I guess to, you know, an usher was like, well, if he was going to give us a name, he, you know, and was making it up, he'd probably give us like Carbono. But right. since yeah. I picked Kevin Haller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. Oh, that's right. awesome. Um, so, yeah, I just a, a, a lifetime of, of wonderful memories. And it's crazy that that building closed when I was 15 yeah, and, and yet I'm, I'm 40 years old. So I've had 25 years at the other place and uh, yeah, it doesn't compare. Mm-hmm. No. So I, I feel so fortunate to have that. And, and you can see behind me here is my forum seat it was my 16th birthday present from my mom and dad oh. and is my prized. And um, I can't wait for the Habs to make a run and I can do or do every year when I'm not at the games, which is pull the seat out, bring it near the television and watch yeah. the playoff games while sitting in the, in the forum seat. Perfect. That's what I do too. I play, I, I watch the playoffs if the Habs are in it on my forum seat. Mm-hmm. I've got a blue one. Where's your seat? Nice. It's right now it's in storage nice. because I have, I don't have, I don't have um, the space to have it permanently displayed, but um, I only bring, I only sit in it during playoff games. Mm-hmm. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. awesome. Good job, guys. That's great. Good so, job, but guys. yeah, um, Mr. Kaufman. That went by fast. Yeah, it did. It did. It went by super fast. I just, I realized like, oh my God, where's the timer at? And then I looked at it like, <laughs> oh, oh, we're out. <laughs> so, but no, and we, so and we didn't even get into concerts at the forum. They're yeah. just like, oh, a whole other part of you it. You mentioned which, Oshega and I'm like, you, you know, know I, I, I have, um, I'm in a group chat with a bunch of um, Habs fans and saying, hey, if the border's open, we're getting together for Oshega and we're just going party. And plus it's the Foo Fighters. <laughs> like, holy cow. Oh my God. I know. I, I know. love them so much. So great. So hoping that all works well, out. Having seen, um, you know, I didn't get to a ton of concerts at the forum, but I, um, I, I saw Rod Stewart there, and I saw Eric ah. Clapton, and I saw ah. REM on the Monster Tour, ah. and um, and the Hip with the concert that uh, that I I alluded to it on Twitter last week, but mm. that that tragically Hip concert in 1995 changed my life and and gave me a lifelong love affair for the tragically Hip that uh, will never go away. And that was, uh, that was an incredible, an incredible night. They, uh, th- there used to be urban legends of uh, the players in the 70s stepping on the ice after uh, the night after a big concert and just breathing deep and breathing in all the weed smoke. <laughs> I, I can tell you for certainty that uh, without smoking a joint that night at the forum in February of 1995, I was high as a kite from the hot box that that building turned into. <laughs> That's great. Awesome. 
And on that professional note, <laughs> yeah, we got to go now. Thank you, Mr. Yeah, Coffin. <laughs> no, that was that was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, I guess we'll start our fade out now. Yeah. So goodbye, listeners. Thank you Bye, all so much. And watchers, viewers. And, and watchers and viewers. Remember, <laughs> hit the like Thanks, button Steve. and the subscribe button. And, uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> and also follow uh, Dave Kaufman at The Kaufman Show. Correct. At The Kaufman Show on Twitter. That's Be generous of spirit. Generous of spirit and time. <laughs> <laughs> time. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So, yeah, we'll start the fade out now. I don't know if you have to attempt.